Good evening. The time is 10.31 p.m. I am now starting the new episode of my new name in my podcast, Where Is My Mind? This was taken by a particular song title from the 90s, if you care to look it up. Just an idea. It gave me inspiration. And tonight's topic, speaking of inspiration, is about one particular thing. One thing we all do, we all live, we all seek, we all wonder. It's about the meaning of life. The meaning of life is contextual to the person living it and wondering it. Everybody's life is different. Everyone is the keeper of their own destinies, right? As the quote says, we all choose where our life goes. Well, no, that is not true in every situation. Um, for us, maybe living in the free world in uh, North America, very much so. Uh, now, if you are a Rohingya Muslim um, that had to flee from Myanmar to Bangladesh, then maybe it's a whole different situation. The meaning of life for them is to survive. Everybody's meaning of life is to survive, I assume, unless they want to die by suicide with a legacy, or to die by suicide unknown. That is the meaning of your life, though. What is the meaning of your life? What have you accomplished? What do you hope to accomplish? Where do you stand now, and are you satisfied with where that is? Have you done any of the things you originally wanted to do? Do you have a bucket? Do you have a bucket list for that? Where do I stand? Where does he stand? Where does she stand? Where does anyone stand? What are our philosophies? Well, I'm going to be joining. I'm going to have joining me, my guest speaker Nicole once again. Um, I have invited her back once again for another session, another podcast recording. This one will never know. So, let's dive in. This is Where Is My Mind? A podcast hosted by me, Chevy, with a guest speaker tonight of Nicole. Here we begin. Welcome to Where Is My Mind, formerly known as 3AM Thoughts. This is a podcast by me, Chevy. It is about many things, mostly psychology, mental health, um, uh, disorders, and emotions. Uh, however, I am doing this on many facets now. This is now a multi-genre thing because I'm just taking it wherever it seems necessary. Um, right now, I'm doing one on life. And I don't mean life is in biology or, or molecules. I mean life is in what are we? What are we doing? Um, the experience of life, um, our, our, our experiences in life. What happens? What, how do we view it? What do we want out of it? Because life isn't always as we make it. Sometimes there's a lot more than that, and sometimes there's a lot less than that. What do we make of life? What, what can we do with our lives? What, what have we done? So there's so much to this that I'm going to go ramble along as long as I can. Um, I'm here along with my guest, uh, Nicole, here. Hello. I'm back. Um, yes, Nicole is here. It's not just me going crazy. I want to apologize for my last episode. Those few, the few of you who actually listened to it. Um, I, know, I maybe should apologize, but you know what? I went a little crazy on the mic there, and uh, it's your show. Do what you want. Right, but it's still a bit embarrassing. Sure. Um, you no, know, and you know maybe our legacy, which our lives is consist consist of, our legacy, shouldn't be uh, when we're uh, missing sleep meds and lacking sleep. So, anyway, uh, without further ado, um, let's get on to the topic of life. So, what is life? 
and this is something besides a George Harrison song made in 19, <laughs> 1978, I believe. Um, great song, by the way. Uh, my, my, my father certainly appreciated it. But um, what is it besides that? Well, nobody can actually define this. Um, according to the um, dictionary, uh, life is uh, basically um, organisms and animals or plants, things that are alive. But what is the concept of life? Uh, Nicole, would you chime in here? Well, I think that the, the biggest reason why nobody can really define that is because everyone experiences life in a different way. There is no one definition of what of what life is or the, the experience of it, you know? It, it depends on the individual, honestly. Okay, well, I know for myself, life is about one thing, which I'll get to very soon. <laughs> also about many things, but... One thing encompasses it all, and I'm sure many people can agree with me. So let's go on to think of other forms of the definition of life. Okay, so um, here, when you think about the movie The Lion King, um, I know it's a, a past pastime of us, all, us, all of us. This, My this, this is supposed to be a very serious podcast, but at the same time, completely not in any way or form. <laughs> um, so let's, might as well delve into it. The circle of life, quote unquote, I'm taking this from um, reference.com. Um, reference.com says that the circle of life is a symbolic representation of birth, survival, and death. Okay, so the idea of life, so quoting, as a circle or a wheel exists across multiple religions and philosophies. Some wheels or circles are considerably more complex than others. So, we are born, we we shit, we fuck, we get birth, we, we die, we die, and we continue on. Whoa, my mic was very high there all of a sudden. What the fuck just happened to my mic? Uh, should you, I fix this? You were just closer I wouldn't have much louder, closer. that's all. Was I? Yeah, don't worry about it. Well, part of, part of the point of this podcast is that I'm not supposed to be sober. That's why it's 12:56 uh, a.m. <laughs> Bear with me. It makes it more enjoyable, at least, right? Well, yeah, and it opens you up a little bit more too. I have stage fright. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so this is part of it, okay. It's part of it. So the one other primary example of life is more or less a philosophy that I found. Um, and this is by somebody known as Bernard Williams, who was alive from the early 1900s up until 2003. Now, Bernard Williams said that, and to, to basically put it in a simple point of view, is that the difficulty is that the moral dispositions cannot simply be regarded, least of all by their possessor, just as devices for generating actions or states of affairs. What he's saying here is that such dispositions and commitments will characteristically, characteristically, be what gives one's life some meaning and gives one some reason for living it. There is simply no conceivable exercise that consists in stepping completely outside myself and from that point of view, evaluating to toto, or in toto, evaluating in toto, the dispositions, projects, blah, blah. What he's saying is that, he's saying that part of the meaning of life is how others perceive us, how we are perceived by others on earth, around us. So, uh-huh. Quote, unquote, it cannot be a reasonable aim that I or any other particular person should take as the ideal view of the world, a view from no point of view at all. Others view, how others view our world, and I like that. I'm taking this from uh, Stanford.edu on their uh, 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 part of a Plato, so basically their philosophy, their philosophy program of Stanford. And I'm sure anybody who knows anything about American colleges knows that Stanford is a reputable organization. Um, it's, it's a college organization, in my opinion. Anyway, though, so... 
what is life? So, what is life to one person? What is life to all of us as a whole, right? So, um, think about us as North Americans. We tend to be privileged. Um, think about um, Western Europeans, like the British and the and the Spaniards. You know, some some of them, some of them have a pretty shitty life. But uh, let's say the top world countries. You know, France, um, Canada. So, our lives are privileged. We live life now based on convenience, especially since the pandemic. Um, I now call this the age of convenience, where DoorDash is at everybody's fingertips, and God forbid we go to eat at a restaurant anymore. Um, but anyway, uh, it does happen. Trust me, I actually work at one. It does happen. But So, lives now are... We want them to be as easy as possible. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. We, we do. We want life to be easy and uh, pleasurable. That's what that's what we aim for in general. Well, it's definitely always been about pleasure. I mean, ask anybody that. But it never was easy. I mean, you look back in history, uh, life as human beings started out very difficult. There were the hunter-gatherers and the uh, basically the housewives. A term that is more or less now rightfully so considered outdated. Um, oh, you're welcome. So, uh, <laughs> so, what is the philosophy of life? That's what we need to hear. Like, where are our lives philosophically? So, uh, the saying I'm reading here on learningmind.com, and then I'm going to add my own, of course, because everybody has their own philosophy on life. Of course. So, uh, each person's philosophy of life will be individual to them. Mine is unique to me, yours is unique to you, hers is unique to hers. So, basically, I'm um, hearing from one mind that it could be the simple philosophy with the aim of tackling the existential issues of our lives that we all inevitably face. Through this, we can endeavor to integrate meaning into our lives. That is the best thing I could have heard yet to describe what I'm trying to say here. So, in my life, I have one primary goal, and that is to love and be loved. In one sense, that's what it is. I have children, I have had, and I do have people I love, and I have had lovers, and I have had a lover. Let's not get into that one. So, the point is, my main goal in life is to love and be loved. I want to be treated like somebody who matters, and I want to have people that I can treat like they matter, and that they are an important source of of a uh, energy of mine, like a mental energy, just by being around them. Maybe it's calm. Maybe it releases the oxytocin. Maybe the point of life is to get high for me. That oxytocin is a high. Um, I enjoy being out of my mental state. Um, I enjoy certain types of music. Um, all that is love. I love the music. I, certain movies. I love those movies. I love my medium media. I love my cats. Uh, I love my friends. Um, I loved my lover. I love still know my girlfriend. Once again, if you listened to the last episode, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Nicole, if you were to describe life for you in one sentence, I asked you to think of this prior, what would you say it is? Well, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a difficult question for me just because of a lot of the things that I've been through have kind of numbed me to a lot of things. So then what is life then? I'm still trying to figure that out for myself, to be honest. Some of us never will. Like, I mean, part, part of it is what you were just saying, you know, is to have someone, a partner, you know, who, who you love, who loves you, and you, you strive to, like, better each other, and, you know, you're good for each other. and Companionship. Yeah, pretty much. Um, 
but besides that, I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. I honestly am not sure. And I bet that a lot of people probably are. You know, I'm just saying this straight from the heart. I'm not trying to rehearse some of this shit. I think that a lot of people, life is about power. You know, um, it's one one view, yeah. Um, even people that are at the lowest end of the totem pole their whole lives, the purpose of life to them is power. They probably never get to. Um, to those people, uh, power is probably more into their um, wants and desires because they haven't had it. You know. But yet I've I've had all kinds of love throughout my life, and I still keep keep seeing more. Uh, I, I think that that's a little bit different than a power struggle. You know what I mean? No, I'm talking about the, the person's meaning of life. So you take, for example, the most recent president of the United States of America, apart from our current one, Donald Trump. I'm not trying to get politically on you here, but if you're listening to this podcast and you're a hardcore Republican, I don't think you're going to enjoy it very much. Um, oh, well. Sorry, I mean... Do you know where the X button is? I'm going to say, no, I'm not here to offend anybody, but I'm going to say things that are going to be disagreed with. Well, no, um, I'm just saying if they don't like it, they know how to exit out. I'm not trying to be rude here, but you're right. So anyway, I was saying, though, people like that, they don't care about love. They don't care about um, humanitarianism. Oh, no. They don't care about um, uh, their, their, their pet dog Google, whatever the fuck it is, you know, all he cares about what makes him the best deal, gets him the best money, and um, you care about how to benefit. And I guess when you think about it, we're all trying to benefit from something, aren't we? So I guess maybe you think the point of life is what do we benefit from? How can we benefit? So I heard somewhere the other day, and this, this actually meant a lot to me, and it stuck, it stuck with me. And maybe that's why I thought about this for an idea for my tonight's podcast. I heard that the goal of every human action, everything we do, the ultimate goal is to reduce discomfort, to avoid discomfort. So it means everything we do is to make ourselves more comfortable, meaning mentally, physically, etc. You know, it could be the R R R third eye, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say necessarily everything we do is for to be more comfortable, but a big majority yes. Um, it's it's part of a survival instinct though that every action we make is to somehow benefit us in a way. Is not avoiding discomfort benefiting us? I didn't say that. So, um, so you could say to benefit as well, even if it's not about us, um, it's still avoid. You know what I'm saying? So, so say I were to uh, see a, a burning building and I hear a woman screaming from the second floor. Well, I'm gonna go through a lot of fucking discomfort to get her out of there, if I so if I so choose to do so. But at the end of the day, if I win, I'll feel very comfortable with myself because I just saved so much life. And in that case, uh, something else that I've also heard is that no action is really fully selfless because you're still getting satisfaction out of helping that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every action we do benefits us in some way. Right. Right. Um, so like, say you um, donate the last of your money, you're, you know, you're an alcoholic, homeless person, um, I, I, I've given them not enough money, I mean, it sucks, man, I can only imagine. And uh, you give the last money to uh, Salvation Army at Christmas time. You can get your beer, but what do you get? You get that that satisfaction of knowing that you, you may, help someone. Yeah, maybe some kids gonna get the fucking Barbie at Christmas. I, mean, I got kids, so I know about it. I mean. But I'm also gonna say that that's really not a bad thing, in my opinion, because yes, you help someone and you feel satisfied. That's a win-win. Yeah. 
it, it's okay that it's not completely selfless to where you don't benefit at all. So maybe, you for, know? maybe for people with money, some of the benefits of their life could be charity. I mean, like, look at uh, Will Smith, yeah. actor Will Smith. Um, he has donated a massive amount. From what I've heard, I haven't fact checked this, but I've heard that Will Smith has donated a massive amount of his uh, of his wealth to a charity. I believe that. Other, other, other famous people have done it too. Uh, Bill Gates, back in the 90s, donated so much money to the AIDS research in Africa. We probably didn't go very well, but he tried. Uh, random name, but apparently um, even uh, Beyonce fucking donates a lot of her money to certain charities. I can't remember which one I read, but... Uh, two out of three that are of uh, uh, minorities, so are you surprised? The, the older white men, uh, we, I mentioned one earlier, tend to not be so generous. <laughs> Big surprise. So, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, you know, life, it means different things to everybody. Uh, I have a feeling this podcast meant to go on for a long time. It was just a random topic I decided to go on. So I'm, I'm going to roll with it, though. I'm going to roll this topic and see how far I can go with this on my, on my thoughts, our thoughts. Sure? So, trying to here. So, my meaning of life, what I said, being to find love. So, I was born to a married couple. My sister was born just in the two years after I was born. And I'm 32 years old now, and I'm realizing that from what I have for disorders and trauma triggers and issues, when I'm reading, I'll never get the answer out. I apparently wasn't loved much as a baby or a toddler. And I'm sure, Nicole, you might be able to identify. Um, I can identify as uh, I got older. When I, when I was a baby, when I was younger, um, my, my mother put me above my brothers because she had always wanted a girl. But as I had gotten older, that, that faded, you know, like, I don't know, six, seven and older. Um, and that's when the verbal and emotional abuse started and didn't stop. What year, what's the earliest year that you can remember being alive? Like the earliest memory I have? Correct. Um, the earliest memory I have, uh, I would say is back in the Waldoboro Trailer Park when I was, I had to have been five or six. I remember, um, I don't remember who was driving, but I remember being in the car looking out the back seat, back window, I mean, and waving at my dad as we were driving away, so it must have been my mother. Oh. Um, yeah, that's the first memory I have. Well, nothing, my, nothing interesting. Neither is mine. My memory is sitting around my, uh, uh, like at this, even at a young age, it seemed to be a small kitchen table, eating a takeout Kentucky Fried Chicken in my hometown back then. At that young age, um, I believe I was five or so, five or six. Um, I remember that the mashed potatoes tasted very good, and I asked for seconds, but I couldn't have them <laughs> because there was not enough mashed potatoes to go around. Well. So the second earliest memory I have, which I believe is around the same year. Um, so in that trailer park, my mother was talking to our neighbor, and I used to hang out with her kids a lot. So I went up to my mother because I needed to talk to her for whatever reason. So I tugged on her shirt to get her attention. And she turned around. She backhanded me in the face and my, until my nose was bleeding profusely. And she just left me sitting there while she talked to the neighbor. My brother had to bring me inside and clean me up. I don't know what to say to that because this episode is not about trauma. But um, you ask me about memories. So. Once we get to trauma, we'll get to that. You know, let, let's say that 
So maybe these earliest memories might have formed some of our thoughts on life. That's kind of what I was getting to as well. Yeah, that's what I figured. And uh, when you were talking about Unicorn, unfortunately, have a very pessimistic outlook on life, as I used to myself. Well, I mean, I, I've been dealing with depression since I was like 10 years old. It wasn't even diagnosed until I was 16 because my parents didn't want to believe me. But um, I also think that because of the... Well, I don't want to say mother figure because she really wasn't, but the so way my she, mother she was... She still was the maternal figure. Right. The way my mother was in my life, I think, is a very big reason why um, I myself cannot really handle being a mother. Why I'm, I'm, you know, like, I didn't have a good mother figure in my life to... I'm having trouble finding words. You did not have a mother figure to look up of, look up to. Therefore, you don't know how to be a mother figure. Yeah, like I, I didn't. The example was not there. Right, and like I didn't really, like you were saying, I didn't really grow up in a household in a loving household because you had my mother who had mental issues and was abusive, and you had my father who, yes, loved us very dearly, but has his own issues and was pretty, pretty. Um, I don't know, just not connected. He can't really connect emotionally to a lot of people. And I don't appreciate that. Yes, he's been doing some shit, but don't do that. That's not what I was going to say. So anyway, so, so I had love in my household, but it was here and there. Uh, there was definitely always love, but sometimes the love was taken away. But you know what? I still grew up wanting to love others. I don't know. So let's take all that and fast forward now. I had wanted to be a father for a long time. I had considered myself gay, which I pretty much am again now. <laughs> I'm bisexual, but um, I guess my sexuality leans towards more of what I'm interested in at the time. And You're I, going through a phase of you like men more right now. <laughs> it'll happens. last. It'll last, I swear to God. <laughs> it'll last. This is the final phase. <laughs> Ten years later. <laughs> um, but uh, So, yeah, I always wanted to have a son. I always wanted a child either way, but I wanted a son mostly to carry on the, the patriarchal veins of my family, you know. Um, now, if I'm the patriarch, then I was my father's only son. Um, then if I have a son, there's someone who can potentially carry on my bloodline. And this is something that's actually instilled in our genes from the beginning of Dawn of Man, um, is to carry on your bloodline, um, to make babies. So mate, feed, kill, repeat, as Slipknot once late named a, uh, their, their first album. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, we ine inevitably exist to procreate. That's what scientists will say. I, I can also say that I, I don't, I don't know how common this thought is, but like, I don't feel like I should continue my bloodline. Like, You're also a female and people don't have that same instinct. Okay, but it's also because my bloodline is riddled with fucking mental and physical issues. Like, riddled. On both sides. Yeah, well, I, I'm not your you family, know? but that, that really sucks, man. Like, I'm sorry, Nicole. I just feel like it's it would be better if, if I didn't, because I, I don't... Besides any other reason that I don't want a kid, I wouldn't want to pass all of that on to another human because it's. I have suffered through so much shit in my life from my genes, 
you know. Yeah. Well, genetics definitely play a large part of life. Uh, genetics are what make us up as a person. Yes. They are usually passed down from our our, our, our second back, so the, the grandfather, grandmother figures. Yep. And um, definitely, I believe the, the male gene, I believe, is said to be more dominant than the female gene, despite the female being the one uh, that births the child. It depends. Um, well, I, I noticed that uh, in many cases, the son tends to look more like the father, and the, fem- the daughter tends to look more like the mother sometimes. Uh, That's what I meant, because if you're saying the male gene is more dominant, then both kids would look like the father. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a male, so I'm thinking in the male term. I'm being a sexist here for you, mate. You're your mate. such a man. <laughs> oh, I have no idea. I know all about men. <laughs> you never gonna do it ever again. <laughs> Make sure lucky. Shut the call. So anyway, um, yes. Yeah, so I was very thankful when I had my first child, and it was a little girl, and I was so happy. I remember the day of my firstborn. It was the happiest day of my whole life. The happiest day of my whole life was when my firstborn was born. <laughs> Redundancy. When my firstborn child, Natalia. My daughter was born. I can't remember smiling like that for that long. Forever, I smiled from, I probably smiled for five days straight. Except for this one period where I went home after she was born to bring some supplies for the mama, my ex-wife. And uh, I looked around my home and said, life will never be the same ever again. And I, bro- I broke down crying. I swear to God, I broke her 15 minutes straight, just fall sobbing all by myself, just bawling fucking crocodile tears. And then I collected myself and I said, got this. I never went back on that thought ever again. And also just because life will never be the same doesn't necessarily mean that it's in a negative way. You know? Because like you just had your firstborn child like the you know that's a good thing. It's a good change depending on the person but for you. Happiest day of my life like I said. And uh let's see uh four days three days short of two years later so one day uh 294 days later something like that (laughs) um my um second was born my son and while each child is of equal importance to me there is one that can carry on the patriarchal bloodline and mind you that was not what i was thinking of when i said i wanted a son i wanted the mini me which i got (laughs) uh through and through am i wrong no, but also I wanted to correct you. They're two years apart, not, not one. One year, 294 oh, days. And I misheard They you. are three, day, three days short of two years apart. I'm sorry. I misheard. Oh, anyway, almost... yeah, he's, he's pretty much a mini-me for you. So, the original reason for life as science or God, we'll get to that, may have wanted it. Has been completed. Yeah, my life carries on, and my children live with their mother apart from most weekends. Um, and you know what? I have my own life now, and it has meaning. It has value to it. My life has value. You might remember that from the movie Network. It was 1978 or something like that. My life has value, okay? So why? What, what, what value does my life amongst billions of lives, what value could it possibly have? And it doesn't matter what it means to most people others. It matters what it means to me. What does your life mean to you? And that's something that a lot of people might have to sit down and consult their fucking local monk for. You know, but um, some people might have to sit down and meditate for a few hours. I can think about it for a heartbeat and probably know the answer. And that's I want to feel loved. I want to give love too. But just call me selfish. I've given a lot of love. And I'm not resentful at all. But I want to feel it. 
I want to feel physical sensation, and I'm not talking about just sex. I want to feel hugs and embraces and, and massages, and, and I don't know, like some people like fucking feathers on the feet. I mean, don't, I don't know the fuck why, but there's all, there's all kinds. Of, dude, some people like fucking weird ass shit, dude. Um, the, the mink's fur is really the softest fur in the world. I wouldn't want to be touched by that. It'd probably take a little shit out of me, but um, I'm still trying to find value in my life. I I. I feel like I did for a small window, but I kind of lost it, and I'm trying to find it again. Name the part, if you can, in a split second, the part in your life where you felt the most whole. Existentially, um, which means like mind, body, everything, the most whole and period possible. Um, the first two weeks after I moved out, that's it. Moved out of when, where? Moved out from here when you and I split up. Wow. I'm not going to lie. That's actually pretty impressive. How do you say that? I know if that's taken. But no, I, I mean, I felt... I didn't feel completely whole, necessarily, especially towards the end of our relationship, but you gave me more meaning because you would always build me up and you would always... You always had something positive to say about me, you know? I tend to look for a silver lining in everything. I think amongst every failure is a, a learning experience and that everything done wrong can be righted, at least to some extent. And I think that everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a purpose to them and everybody is worthy of love. Even some of the world's worst horrible people so at some point in their lives something of love or worth love you know and I believe that everybody has a meaning I've always said that twice but yeah, I think you know like how how for for someone like in my stance like how do you find that you're worthy of love when you don't feel it you don't feel like you are how do you find that antidepressants <laughs> um, Funny. Seriously, uh, benzodiazepines? No, <laughs> no um, seriously though. Um, everybody is really, you may not feel it, but has it been given to you? Prior, yes. But when, when you go through so many relationships where you feel that deep love, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's not working, it falls apart, you know, like. Like we were talking before, like right now, I am incredibly guarded right now with myself. Like I am... That's called trauma, honey. I know, but like I am literally afraid to get to get that close to someone again, you know? But it isn't about what we have now. It's about what we've had at any point in our lives or we believe we can still have in the future. Like my relationship is still apart. Yeah, I know I'm worthy of love and I know I'll find it again. Um, I know that even if it's from my dying mother when she dies, oh my God forbid, she'll give me love then hopefully. I hope so, please, please. <laughs> uh, but um, that's a little too much, my, my bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, You're good. But that's just my interpretation of love. So right. like, so somebody's purpose in life, their meaning of life could be to eat McDonald's hamburgers. It could be to collect stuffed animals. It could be to rebuild as many computers as possible. It could be anything. But my purpose in life is the emotions. I feel the emotions. I, I, I feel them intensely. I feel emotions most strongly people. So love to me is like finding the one true love every fucking time. For the first time. Like, it's that intense. So one thing that, that I'll, I'll say is like, 
I guess the the one meaning to my life right now is basically helping others because that's pretty much what I do with my time if I'm not working is I, I'm helping other people but where do I find the value for me well maybe there is value is the gratification you get from others do you feel satisfied afterwards sometimes but a lot of the time I just feel like I'm not doing enough I'm not doing good enough people say that I am and like just helping that I am but my my mind tells me that like I'm still not doing enough that's self-doubt and that probably isn't real honey however though I'm going to tell you right now that the few, the concepts of selfishness and selflessness um neither one of these were core to our original foundation as human beings um as homo sapiens um selfishness was actually a protective a survival instinct yes. and selfishness can be considered a good thing and an attractive trait to most women because if you're selfish yourself find a woman be selfless towards them could be and i mean so selfishness isn't always a bad thing because sometimes you need to take time out for yourself you know because like with me I, I help everybody that I can and because of that I am you know I am a resource for people to come to so I'm pretty much always being asked for help but I don't take time to help me and I don't know how to do that so I might have started to quote the learning mind before learning-mind.com but what I'm reading here on this topic this, I, I, I'm going to end this, this subject here because I don't really want my episodes to be an hour long I think that 35 minutes or so is about good so I, I'm running out of ideas here anyway I mean I'm not that creative the topic <laughs> of life is so vast that it's so much when, when, there's so, a lot we could talk about sometimes when it's so vast I run out of things to talk about because it's too much <laughs> I'm like I've got to pick out of like one out of 500 ideas like so, so quote unquote but a life philosophy okay the concept of life what is my life is a philosophical question philosophical question but a life philosophy doesn't have to be a complex thing it should be a personal and simple philosophy with the aim of tackling the existential issues of our lives that we all inevitably face through this we can endeavor to integrate meaning into our lives okay now as we keep going here knowing that so there isn't a this is not a new objective for us it's like Greek people, the Greeks, were some of the first to tackle the issue of how to live well. They, they were the first people to mm-hmm. develop a uh, underground sewer system. Yeah. Um, they're the first a civilization to understand the uh, importance of sex for pleasure. Um, many of the things, uh, I mean, uh, entertainment was invented by the Greeks and Romans. Um, uh, I'd like to say this one quote from this website here. They said that we should work towards the telos, a final goal of human flourishing. Now, eudaimonia. Yes. Now, does that mean like as an individual or as a whole? The final goal of human flourishing. We should work so, towards that. Right. So that would mean that at the end of our lives, how well, how much did we ourselves flourish? But that can also be. Taken no, no. It's just here. It's really about the individual to us. Okay. All right. So, at the end of our lives. What was our main thing that we did? Our our legacy. This is the concept of legacy. At the end of a presidency, every president has to determine what was their legacy. And they think about this you know, on the third quarter of it. Um, so out of four years, on the on the third year is when they started to think. 
Have I made my legacy yet? And if not, what will I do to uh, preserve my legacy as U.S. president? Now, we should all be doing this in our lives by the time we have that midlife crisis, right? This is about age 40, 45, when you're a bit in there. So, I have a question for you, because I don't see it. What, what do you think would be a legacy in my life? I think we're too early to know that yet. Well, for me, I think it would be my children. Even if my children go to jail, each one of them. Mm-hmm. I just stole my legacy. I fucking love the shit out of them. But I don't have one. For your life, Nicole, I can't tell you that. Nobody but you can determine that. Well, to determine, yes. But you can also give an opinion or an observation. Seeing as how you are just at the quarter life mark, you are 29. I am 32. Um, I have been through my quarter-life crisis, and I think I'm still partially going through the end phase of it. Um, probably was a bad time to start a new relationship, but God, it, was, it was worth it, trust me. It was worth it. <laughs> but, um, so, for you, you're a 29-year-old female who probably cannot bear, bear children and does not want to either way. Um, you have never owned your own place. You've never landed foot in a job for too long. Your purpose is to help others feel better when they are distraught. When people are at the utmost low, if you are friends with Nicole, she's that one person who everybody lets, lets you down. She's the one person that'll sit there and talk to you. Maybe because it's you. She'll bring, yeah. home, she'll bring home the pizza, perfect the movie, and she'll say, you know, chill out, kid. We're, we're, have, we're here to have a good time. I'm, I'm always around to listen, and if I have advice to give, I'll give it. If I have an opinion, I'll let you know. And this is coming from the most depressed person I have ever met in my life. No offense, but you are a bit no of depression. No taken. Depression consumes my life. I try to help, but I try to help never works. But she's all, she's there when I need her. She, right, if I need her, she's always there to pick me up. I feel bad even taking it, but I, it works. Thank you. Well, you pick me up in my rough times, you know? Kalu uh, yeah. says the same thing. I'm the one person that she can talk to about anything. You are... The epitome of loyalty. Oh, yeah. I, I'm as loyal as a fucking golden retriever, dude. <laughs> I wish I could say the same myself. I have uh, violated the uh, the virtue of loyalty many times in my life, uh, whether it's through infidelity or just not keeping through to a promise to my son, um, or maybe not calling my mother when I promised I would. Um, I have not been as loyal as I should have been in my life. Well, the, the, the thing is, like, I, I've had times in my life where I've, I've broken something like that, but that's that's human you know you you make mistakes yeah but what if you know you're doing it and let it keep happening uh that's different <laughs> yeah don't look at me for loyalty guys so come on this is the philosophy about the meaning of life is our own existential value so my value is love and to and to and to reciprocate given love and provide when it's not there um, my purpose is to see people that are being harmed and to save them. I want to save people. Um, if somebody's struggling mentally, I want to save them. I'm not the best at it. But, Christ, I'm fucking trying, you know? Like, all we can do is try. If we don't try in life, then what can we do? Some people commit suicide. Okay? Even then, that is not the defining moment in their lives unless they want to be remembered for dying. I mean, you're ready to want a hell of death to want to be remembered for that one. <laughs> um, like, I mean, if you, I'm sure if you read uh, uh, Darwin's, Darwin's book of, uh, of uh, uh, Sir Lefitt's book, um, what's it, uh, Dar- Darwin's Rules, um, 
you, you will definitely see uh, some deaths worth uh, admonishing. So now think to yourself, as I close this out, what does life mean to you? What does your life mean to you? What have you done throughout your life? Or what do you plan on doing throughout your life? I have no idea what I plan on doing because I don't see my future right now. Um, I have accomplished my primary goals besides the continuous goal to give love and get love. Um, so apart from what I already said, I'm out, man. Um, you know, Nicole somehow does not know where to start with hers. I give her an idea, but some people don't figure it out until they're 60. Some people, they're on their deathbed when they realize what their meaning in life was. Um, some people never figure it out ever. Some people are just lost. Um, and you know, life is what you make of it. It's a cliche quote, life is what you make of it, but it's so true. Like, some people's lives, however, are put beyond their their power. I'm going to talk about people like um, the, the Jewish people in uh, World War II in the 1940s. Excuse my phone. Um, I'm going to talk about the, currently the Rohingya Muslims after the 2015 refugee crisis. Um, if you don't know who the, Rish- the Rohingya, R-O-H-I-N-G-Y-A, Muslims, the Rohingya people of Myanmar, now living in concentration camp- or, me, in refugee camps in Bangladesh. Um, it's almost old news now as far as the local media is concerned, or the worldwide media, but um, look it up. They don't have an existence of life. Their, their purpose of their life is to exist. And you know what? That makes you think, doesn't it? Maybe the ultimate purpose of life is to survive the ultimate purpose in life for anyone you know what your individual no matter what your individual viewpoint might be if we were to pick one worldwide one encompasses all purpose of life is to survive and if you're a mother maybe it's that maybe it's not just to survive but to help other ones survive the feminine side. I'm here to give love too. If I see someone struggling, I want to give it. If I see a friend, see they might want to hurt themselves. As anybody with a conscience should, you're gonna stop what you're doing and listen to them. So there's many things individual to us, but maybe the ultimate end-all goal: is survival of us and those in our tribe. All right, I'm gonna leave it at that. This has been 40 Minutes with Chevy and Nicole on Where Is My Mind? Well, right now, hopefully your mind is on what's most important to you in your life. Thank you. As an afterthought, I believe that life is basically a chapter book. With every new event, every dramatic upheaval in life, any big change... The, ter- the page turns, the, ch- the chapter ends, and a new one begins. Every new beginning is another new beginning's end. Something like that. So, semi- something like that. Semisonic said back in the '90s. So, right now in my life, I am just turned the chapter. I'm in like the very end, or the, of, the, of the last, or the very beginning of the next. I'm at that segue point. So I wish myself luck. Uh, going to do the best I can. I'm doing therapy soon. Hopefully if I have rides, some dialectical behavioral therapy. So it's supposed to help with my my BPD so I don't go crazy and ruin all my relationships and self-sabotage. But life is 
contextual. Life is ever-changing, and it will continue changing. The only constant in life is change. And what does life always do? Life changes. And we'll never stay the same. We have to realize who we are, our purpose, and what we can do with it. Do the best with our time. Be the best person we can. And hopefully at the end of it, we can die knowing that we, made, that we either made a difference, or at least we know we were a good person. That is my ultimate one and a half minute summary of what I believe life is. This is Where Is My Mind? And you know I'm starting to order that right now. Chevy Coon out.